We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo, your weekday daily driver for Buffalo Sports Talk and more. I am Patrick Moran. Thank you very much, as always, for locking in, whether you're listening to this in audio podcast form, whether you're watching this on video, whether you're watching this live, because that's exactly where we are again tonight, live at a really loud, by the way, Imperial Pizza here in South Buffalo. Loud and lively. Loud and lively. And I am joined for the first time ever. You know, we were talking for a couple minutes over wings, and... I was telling you, I've been doing this now enough episodes and for a long enough time that it's been a long time since I've had a first-time guest on. So I am excited about that. And I'm honored. I'm honored to have you. And for the people who are like, who the hell are you talking to right now? Who are listening to this on the audio side? I'm talking about Alex Brasky, covers the Buffalo Bills for the Batavia Daily News. What's going on, man? Good to have you on finally. Good to have you here with me my friend this is a beautiful place first this time my, here for you right right first time here the exposed brick in the uh pizzeria here drinks are flowing the wings were fantastic yeah that honey mustard barbecue made you a I fan put, of those yeah i put those away we you know what i've talked to a couple of people who said the same thing that you did when we had the wings with honey mustard barbecue specifically you say that's typically not what you like but there's something about them here that are really good. I, I always pay homage to uh, my buddy, Marcel Louis Jacques, who unfortunately left the Bills and is with Miami. It's all good. Good for him. I'm but sure anyway, I, that was his wing. Unfortunately was for, for the Bills and the Bills fans anyway, I, I'm sure Marcel is enjoying himself in Miami. Oh, he's not mad about it. <laughs> I, I can tell you that. He's not mad about being in Miami. But, yeah, that's his go-to wing. So we, we banged out some of those, some hot chavetta, chard, some garlic arm. Hot, which I'm not a garlic parm guy. I got to be honest with you, man. I, that's kind of they were still good, but that's on me for ordering. Those. Same with same with me. But like I said to you, if you mix it with a hot sauce, I think it significantly improves it. It gives it a little it bit does. of of substance and and something to go off of. But a little a little heavy on the parm, I thought, but delicious nonetheless. Yeah, man. They were and the blue sure. cheese here, 
very, very good blue cheese. I know you're not a blue cheese guy, I'm not. but this blue cheese, very good. Nate Gary, I had him on a handful of weeks ago, and he probably raved about the blue cheese more than he than he did yeah. the wings, which I thought was kind of weird. But anyway, yeah, your first time here at Imperial Pizza in South Buffalo. A lot going on there. First of all, there's a Sabres game on, so we got some commotion going on in the back. Plus, there's a lot of people here. Also, Is it still tied? Uh, as far as I know, 2-2. Get ready for some fireworks, by the way, because right. every time the Sabres are on, we do a live show here, shit happens with the Sabres. But anyway, with this place, I, I talked to you a little bit about this while we read in some wings. What I love about this place, and you'll kind of find out for yourself, because when we're done doing this show, you're going to have some pizza. You didn't get pizza yeah. beforehand. This isn't a place where it's known for one specific thing. Like if you go to Wing Nuts, Wing Nuts is all about the wings, and you and they, they could be great wings, and you could love them. But if you're a regular and you go there every time, after a while, it's like, all right, man, how many times am I going to go, and right. am I going to have wings? And there's lots of places like that. What I love about this place, I would say Imperial Pizza and maybe Lenovo Pizzeria on the west side, everything is good. Like maybe not one specific thing, but like we can come here, hang out, sit at the bar, watch a game, and we can have wings. We can do the same thing three days from now. We can have some pizza. Then we can have fingers, really good steak subs. I, I was going to say that. I saw a chicken finger sub with some yeah. fries at the bar. I didn't indulge, but boy, did I want to. That looked delicious. I'll tell you what. We're going to talk some Buffalo Bills. Obviously, we'll talk about your job, I mean, or part of your job anyway, covering the Buffalo Bills. But I am going to take full advantage of having a first guest on because what I used to do, which is kind of making me feel old now, but back in the day when I'd have a first-time guest on, it's not just about talking about the team you cover, but I kind of want to give fans an opportunity to uh, learn more about you right. because you are relatively new to this scene anyway. Absolutely. You know, you've been doing it in Batavia for a while, but when it comes to covering the Bills, you're kind of a new face in the media crowd, right? you know, so to speak. So I, I kind of want to give fans out there who – have come to know you and enjoy your work, just a, a chance to know a little bit more about you. Now, again, you, you you work in Batavia. Are you from Batavia? Yes, 2009 graduate of Batavia High School. Uh, go Blue Devils, by the way. Our, our football team has really taken on quite the successful run over the past number of years. Mm -hmm. I think back-to-back -back championships uh, the past couple of years. So go Blue Devils in a couple of weeks. Sectionals coming up. But, but yeah, 2009 graduate of Batavia High School, born and bred in Batavia, lived there my whole life. Uh, my father is... How far is that from here? That's from from here about 40, 45 minutes from the stadium, maybe an extra 10 or so. Uh, but not not too far of a drive. On, on game days, it tends to add up with, with the traffic. But on practice, practice days, you hit the throughway and... Quite the easy drive. Let me ask you to say, I'm going to weave through in and out. Like, I, we're going to talk about like your life kind of like sort of in chronological order. Right. But I'm going to warn you now if a thought pops in my head and I don't ask you then, I'm probably going to forget about it like 10 minutes later. You talk about that commute. And I think of people like you or, or Jenna and Mike Catalan, all these people fr from Rochester. It's not nothing. I mean, do, how used to it? do you get like i like say my cousin for example she lives in north college mm -hmm. she drives downtown every day to work and it's like 40 minutes or so for a drive and i'm like damn it's kind of a long time but she tells me that after a while it just feels like nothing you put on a podcast or right. you know um, your spotify or whatever and, and bam does it have you gotten used to like that commute it's not like again it's not that long but it's long enough but you get used to that definitely and i think it's 
depends on the person, uh, but but for me, I don't mind driving. When, when I go to an away game uh, coming up, playing the Patriots, I already went to New York and Washington. Mm -hmm. I don't mind driving. So I'll drive to the away games. I drive to practice. I don't mind being in the car for an hour plus, kind of putting on that podcast. What do, you, what do you listen up. to when you're driving like that? I, I mean, the Patrick Moran. Stop it. I mean, come on. Stop. Come on. Stop. Well, no, seriously. I like no, but, you bang out some music, listen to podcasts. Definitely podcasts to, to brush up on the bills and, and the goings on around the league and, and, and whatnot. And I'm a big baseball fan as well, so I listen to a lot of Yankees stuff and, and Sabres as well. And But also the music, just to kind of remove yourself for an hour. It, sure. It's honestly a good mental exercise in, in some respects, just having that hour to separate yourself. You can, get so yeah, you can get so busy throughout the course of the day. It gives you kind of a chance to reset. I'm not a morning person, so training camp, driving to Rochester, a little bit more difficult than regular season practices, which tend to start around noon-ish. Yeah. So. But, but yeah, I mean, after a while, you get used to it, and I think it really depends on the person, and I really don't mind driving. So, I never thought of that, what you said, though. It kind of does give you a chance to reset and think a little bit those long drives. That's definitely a pro about having to commute a longer commute. Anyway. Back to being a kid. So you're growing up in Batavia. Like, what was some of the shit that you were into? Like, did you play a lot of sports growing up, stuff like that? Oh, yeah. Until about midway through high school, I was playing three different sports year-round, basketball, baseball, football. Mm -hmm. uh, my father is a longtime coach at Batavia High School. He's coached oh, really? various different sports. He's been the longtime varsity boys basketball coach for 30-plus for years there. Uh, basketball wasn't my game. I will admit, uh, I'm a little little challenged in the height department uh, and and the speed department. I would say, but basically everything. I, I was a good passer. I was a really okay. really good passer. But but baseball was really my game. I enjoyed football as well. Uh, but yeah, really really into sports. And and Batavia is kind of a, a smaller community than than you experience up here in Buffalo. So it, it's really a, a different environment than a lot of people experience up here. And uh, and I really enjoyed it, you know. Uh, you, you know everybody you go to school with, and like I said, growing up around uh, a sports with my father and everything, it really gave me a good baseline to where I am today. People to get to where you are right now, and then a lot of the colleagues that you work with in the sports media, they take different paths to get to where they're ultimately going. You know, I've talked to like Joe Biscaglia on this show before. He could barely read and write, but he knew what he was going to do with his life when he got older. I've had people on the show. I'm confident Joe could read and write by six months. And he probably had a spreadsheet by the time he was three. Exactly. Detailed but as well. I, he might have created Microsoft Excel. <laughs> we, we, we may need to look into that. But he knew right away that's what he was going to do. And then I've talked to other people on this show where they didn't have any idea that this was going to be ultimately where they went. Some people, I've talked to Matt Perino about before. He had no idea when he was young what he was going to do with his life. He went to UB. Originally, originally he had dropped out. You know, and ultimately, of course, he got to he's where he is now. He's teaching, now he's teaching, a, teaching a class tonight. I know. That's that's pretty wild, man. But anyway, my point is, is that there's different paths to get to this point. Like when you were young, is this something that you thought about when you were young, being a, being a reporter and doing a lot of writing, stuff like that? Did you think about that at a young age or did it come later? There's no doubt. I, I was I was more along the Joe Biscaglia, not to compare myself to him in terms of knowledge of the game or anything like that, but I knew that this was something that I was interested in 
uh, from from the very start. I, I I was very interested in writing from a young age. I, I didn't really put the sports and writing together mm -hmm. uh, until about high school age. There was a a sports message board for high school sports in section five. It was called Section Five Talks Back, and that was really where I kind of developed my voice and opinions about sports and at the high school level, albeit. Mm -hmm. uh, but but from there it really developed and. And really, I would say high school years is when I really started to think about it as a career. But I, I would say from a from a very young age, I, I knew that I wanted to be involved with sports, either coaching or covering the game at, at, at some level. I always kind of confined myself to the high school level because that's what I was familiar with, uh, being so close to it with my father and, and whatnot. But uh, over the years, I've developed uh, much more knowledge of the pro game and, and, and much more focus on that. And it's really been an experience and a lot of fun taking that next step and, and, and really uh, challenging myself, I would say, to, to experience something new. You know, for people who are, are listening or watching, by the way, I'm asking you these questions and I'm learning this about you. Sometimes I might have somebody and I know a lot about them. That's not the case with you, which I should have said right at the beginning. This is actually only the second time we've met in person. Right. First, Shout time, out. first time before the home opener. Right. Shout out Cover One. Yep. We, we both were on the Cover One Greg home Tom opener. Set, uh, Aaron Quinn. Yep. That, that was a lot of fun. That was a good day, by the way. Yeah. So that was downtown for people who might not have saw that. You were on. I was on. Bulldog and Nate Geary were on yep. their show. And uh, Catherine Fitzgerald. I love Catherine. Yeah. From the Buffalo News. So that was a good show. She does a great job. All those all those uh, guys and gals. Yeah, they do. And we job. had a good day out of that, too, by the way. Got some drinks going on. Yeah, and then we went out to Froth. Wing, yeah, Froth for Wing Nuts. For Wing Nuts, so and, wing nuts. And, uh, and and Shout with, with Perino and, and yeah. our guy Ryan Talbot. So we we really did make a day out of that. Things got a little hazy at the end, but. That was kind of my point. I was like, all right. <laughs> we so made we, it. We, we exchanged pleasantries and talked for a couple of minutes, but beyond that, it was pretty much just drinking some beers, quite frankly. <laughs> Didn't really have a, a conversation, so this is kind of new for me anyway. All right, so you kind of figured out, like my high school, that at least this is what you wanted to pursue. Right. You go the the community college route, you go to Genesee Community College, Correct. and we were talking about it over Wings Air and Imperial. Even then, though, you weren't quite sure. Like that wasn't what you you didn't know for sure that this is what you ultimately were going to want to do. I, I, or knew, do. I knew it was my passion. But right. at the, but at the same time, that was when there was a lot of talk about the the change in climate surrounding newspapers sure. and, and really media in general. It was becoming sure. more digital as 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 we are right now. We're we're set up at a pizzeria doing a podcast. You know, pretty I mean, wild. Yeah, yeah. Back when I was in high school, this was not a thing. Uh, <laughs> this so, wasn't a thing five years ago. Right, right. So, <laughs> uh, but but that that kind of strayed me from from my passion. I, I ended up following. The education route. I, I, I went to school for education. I ended up going to SUNY Brockport for about a year and a half. But mm -hmm. while I was there, I started my personal sports blog, which was called Batavia's Best. Uh, maybe a, maybe a little self indulgent there. No, but. I was going to ask you about that anyway. No, I think that's an important step to work. Right. You're probably not sitting with me right now if you didn't start that blog. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. That's that's what led me to. What made you start that? Just, I thought that I, I kind of was miss, missing my passion, you know, I was kind of mm -hmm. missing the boat on that while I was enjoying what I was doing in education. It, it ended kind of abruptly and, and we can get there if you'd like to, but I, I kind of wanted to reinvigorate that passion within me and, and, and find a, an outlet to, to really move forward with that. Even if I was going to follow a different career path, like so many people nowadays, I mean, you can go in so many different directions mm -hmm. with the the internet and, and other opportunities. So 
it was, it was just a way for me to get back involved and really throw my hat back into the ring of, of, of what I always kind of dreamed of doing uh, professionally and, and putting myself out there and perhaps giving myself an opportunity to find myself. You just caught my interest when you said um, ended abruptly. Elaborate. Yeah, I was, I was in education at uh, Batavia High School, and I was really into coaching for, 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 for a while. I, okay. I was trying to follow in my, in my father's footsteps and, 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 and really into baseball coaching. I, I was running a travel league in, in Batavia at the time, and, and I was unceremoniously to my own, uh, I, to, to my own fault, I was, I was let go of my position there for some extracurricular activities that maybe nowadays wouldn't be viewed in the same light as they were. I, I, was, I, I was ticketed for possession of marijuana. Okay. So, so that led to me being let go from my, my position in education and as a coach, which understandably in, sure. in that time. And, and uh, that allowed me to kind of fully dive in to what I had started with the sports blog and maybe not allowed me, forced me to, to really- A blessing to, in disguise, right, so to speak. Right, to really, to really dive into that. And at the time it was one of the hardest moments of my life, as you can imagine. But looking back on it now, like you said, I'm. I'm very fortunate to have not allowed that to define me and, and really kind of move forward and, and, and really uh, made the best of a shitty situation. As sure. Say. And look, man, we're no better. Nobody's no better. We all fuck up and we all make mistakes. But right. you learn from them and they can turn into, like you said, a blessing. All right. So that forces you, so to speak, to, to come up with a, an alternative plan. And you do that and you start the blog. What was the original premise from it? Because I'm going to be honest with you, man. I don't know a lot about Batavia. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know Batavia is a minor league. We need team, we need to change that. No, not anymore. So <laughs> so you really don't know anything about Batavia. <laughs> what you thought you knew, you didn't even know. All right. Well, you don't know nothing about Imperial. Uh, right. Pizza, right. So I, I don't I don't blame you at all. <laughs> Batavia is kind of that spot in between Buffalo and Rochester. Okay. You only really stop there if you have something going on there. Okay. Uh, for, from my experience, but I'll tell you, there's a lot more going on there than than, than people I think give it credit for uh it, it it's got a great community aspect to it and and on top of that i think there's a lot more to do there than people really like i said give it credit for great golf courses there mm -hmm. uh there there's like i mentioned great pizzerias there yeah uh, one of the first pizzerias in new york state originated there pontillo's pizza uh, I don't know if you're familiar that uh, with that Rochester. Right. There's a chain in, in uh, Rochester now, Pontillo's Pizza, but the first location was in Batavia on Main Street. So really great, great tradition of pizza, which I'm sure you can. Uh, I love that. Right. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, I mean, Batavia is a great, great place to be. Uh, there's bigger and, and busier places to be, but but I have no, no qualms with Batavia and and, and we definitely have to change you not knowing. So what did you that. what did you originally set out to cover? Like, what was your vision when you said Batavia's best? That was the blog that you started. Right. It starts with the vision, obviously. Like, what was your vision when you started that blog? Well, I have to give credit to a few of my friends, uh, namely Mike Moran, Brad Cohen, and Matt Mongillo. I don't think I'm leaving anybody out. I think that was our crew back then. I, I think we originally wanted to start something with kind of our opinions on professional sports. Obviously that's what everybody wants to sure. do. You don't, you don't, although I love high school sports, you don't dream of getting into the business to cover high school sports 
in terms of the ultimate goal, I would say. Maybe some people do, and like I said, teach their own. I love high school sports as much as the next guy, but... You and I have a lot in common when it comes to that. More on that in a minute. Go ahead. But but we wanted to really give our opinions on professional sports, but not a lot of people were paying attention to, to yeah. four college guys that, in retrospect, uh, we, we thought we knew what we were talking about, but... It takes a lot more to know what you're talking about in order to put it on the paper right. or in this case online. So we transitioned to, to high school sports and, and Brad and, and Matt weren't really interested in, in that. So me and Mike kind of kept it going for a little while. Mike eventually moved on to a different profession and, 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 and I'll give him a lot of credit for really starting the website. I wasn't very technologically savvy or anything mm -hmm. like that. He started us on WordPress. And so we transitioned to high school sports and, and that's really when we started to get recognized. We did a lot of social media updates and, and wrap-ups and photos after the game online and, and really challenged the newspaper in town, the Batavia Daily News, to do better and, and, and do more and really increase their online presence. And they did, but then they, they realized they could still do better. So I think, I, I, I know that they hired me to, to come in and increase that, that presence. And John Anderson, my old boss, the old managing editor, brought me in. And here I am today. Now the sports editor after, I believe, three years, as a, three and a half years as a reporter. That's that's really cool, man. And in terms a, lot of of, a lot of people to give credit to along the way to come from somebody who wasn't in this profession and, and, and to reach a point where I'm now covering the bills. A lot of people helped me along the way. It certainly wasn't a, a one-man show here. No, you still got to grind for it, though. You know, I, I had a blog back in 2009. It was called Buffalo Sports Daily. And kind of along the same lines, like my vision, I wanted to cover Bills and Sabres. I wanted to be the guy who wrote about the pro teams. And I started doing high school sports. And I didn't think I was going to like it. And I, I'm going to be honest with you. It got to a point where, A, I started liking covering high school sports a lot more because one of the reasons is those kids – are so happy for coverage oh, and yeah. they're so much more engaging and they're willing to talk yep. and there's nothing pretentious about well at least 99 percent of them anyway right. you know what i mean so they're not pretentious at all so it became a lot of fun to cover also it was something that wasn't being done at this time in this area so it was something that was a lot more unique kind of helped make my name doing that right and then i developed you know and then that kind of led me doing more bills and saber stuff and a lot of the media relationships that i have today and that today. that puts you in touch with the community too at sure. a at a grassroots level and, and you come here to imperial i saw earlier a, a woman sees your face and she says oh pat i, yeah. I know i don't know who she said she knew that's south buffalo right, <laughs> that's, right. that's that's you come to a place like imperial Everybody, well, not everybody knows your name, but that's but, but that's the effect that high school sports can have. Sure. You, 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 get, you get to know people on that that individual level, big time. All right, so you go to the Batavia Daily News, you're there for a couple of years, and then you become the sports editor. This is your second year now of covering the Buffalo Bills, correct? Full time, full time. I, for I think my first year going to games as a reporter was 2017 or 18. Forgive me, I, I can't remember. Sure, that's fine. Uh, but used to just go to the games. But these last two years, I've increased my focus on the Bills, going to practices. You guys going to training? We're camp, live, dude. Going, go, you don't have a cough button or a burp button. I <laughs> nope, nope. So uh, this is my second year going to games full time, and 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 trying to go to as as many away games as possible too. I feel like that's where I've learned the most particularly last year with the DeMar Hamlin situation. I was in Cincinnati and 
that was like covering. Oh, you were there for that game. Yeah, that that was like covering a game, an event, and a tragedy all in one. So you were really thrown into the fire. And last year in general, I mean, it all started week two. Uh, Dane Jackson taking off the field in an ambulance. Uh, Micah Hyde lost the season not not uh, long thereafter. And yeah. th- then uh, the blizzard and just, just everything that, that happened last year. And just I've learned so much the last two years diving into the Bills. And, and I'm really grateful for the opportunity. The PR staff on the Bills is, is very kind and, 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 and very, uh, very uh, available whenever, whenever you want to ask a question. So I'm very appreciative to them as well. So it, it's been an interesting experience. The adjustment, speak of it when it comes to in terms of, you know, it's one thing, and I've done this many, many times. You sit in a press box for a high school football game. It's not the same as sitting in the press box at well, it's Highmark Stadium now, right. or, or you know, or Ralph. Arena downtown. It's a big, it's a different dynamic. Talk about that adjustment period. I'm sure you had one for a while. I don't want to necessarily say it's intimidating, but it can be a little bit. You know, a lot of the, I'm sure a lot of these media people that you've gotten to know now over the last couple of years are people that you've admired for a while. I mean, absolutely. If you want to be a sports writer and, and work in the market, I'm sure you know plenty about the people that you're now working alongside with. Just talk about that adjustment, you know, maybe being a little uncomfortable at first and kind of working your way into a, a level where I'm sure you're much more comfortable now. That was the hardest part about the entire transition. As an outsider, not not too far outside, but you're coming outside from Batavia and, and, and you're coming into a group where all those people have been working together for so long and they've developed such a great rapport and friendship with each other. They mm-hmm. they, they go on the road together. They they go to events when, when they are on the road. So coming into that was definitely intimidating but there's so many kind people on the beat it was it was never a case of of being shunned i think it was more of a case of me being willing to put myself out there and sure. and, and, and 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 develop those relationships and it, it's come slowly because i wouldn't consider myself the most outgoing in terms of of developing those relationships sometimes in a professional environment doesn't seem like that to me well it, i I would say in a professional environment, okay. it's, it's a little bit different. In this. Yeah. Uh, We're but, drinking beer and eating wings and right. talking shit out of mushrooms. But, 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 like, I get what you're but like you said, growing up and going into that with, sure. with, with a Tim Graham who we mentioned. Yeah. Uh, who, who His ticket, he must have not gotten a ticket tonight. But, <laughs> but uh, Tim, Tim's been here drinking plenty of times. But, yeah, but, but, I mean, <laughs> but I mean him, Joe, and, and, and yeah. so many people who have been on the beat for so long. Sal, Sal Capaccio, just so many people that you go from – I grew up as a huge fan of the Bills mm-hmm. to, to now being someone who's a colleague of these people. Uh, it's a big adjustment, it, it, isn't It's it? a big adjustment, and, and it's intimidating at first, but by no means because of anything they did. No, it's just just kind of you ma- getting your own my own insecurity. Your reps, getting your reps, getting your confidence Correct. to be able to, to get to a point where you Absolutely. start to, uh, to develop that. Listen, I've heard time and time again, I've talked to most of these people that we've talked about here in the media. I've had them on this show. This is, by all accounts, an incredibly tight-knit media community. That's not to say it's all always lovey-dovey. There's some healthy competition. There's Brothers some rivalries. Not everybody's best friends. That's you know, I'm not going there with that. But for the most part, everybody is is pretty cool with each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't talk about like a couple of them specifically. But I, um, you know, one or two people. I know you're gonna leave people out. You don't worry about leaving somebody out. But like maybe one or two people in this current regime of media that really kind of went a little above and beyond to kind of 
help you get to the point where you're now comfortable around well i'll tell you my first seatmate in the press box was the legendary chuck pollock okay from the olean times herald he is a legend yeah and and him being so gracious and and just being so humble and you've heard it from so many people i'm not the first one to say this this isn't like earth shattering information but but chuck that that those first few years when i was just going to the games i didn't know anything i was talking about anything mm -hmm. i was doing but just being able to ask him questions and, and and just have him make me feel comfortable sitting next to somebody who is who's been doing it for so long definitely was very gracious in, in his time and and in his energy uh, given my way and now my current seatmate mookie hawkins okay the, my guy he's a character my guy mookie mookie's a character mookie mookie is, I, I i did a couple of shots with him we were at a, a john fina party it's over funny you say that we were we were we spent a weekend at mother's one night yeah me, me and mookie. <laughs> yeah, he's a good guy man he, he is definitely a good guy and you know some people might be listening like who gives a shit if you know if your friends are not with the other people but that's part of the job a little bit but the bigger part too speak of just getting to know policy like when you're covering an yep. nfl team is a lot different than high school where to go who you got to talk well, to when you got to be there there's a lot that goes into that stuff it's it's funny you say that one of my first years on the beat i think it may have been not on the beat my one of my first years covering games pardon my ignorance i didn't know i wasn't allowed to go on the field <laughs> okay i don't know if this was my i'm sure it was my stupidity but also, I, I didn't have the guidance of someone to tell me right. you can't go on the field. So this is like late in the season. I walk on the field and eagle eye in the press box. PR staff sees me. They radio down. They get me right out of there. So to your point, I, I, was, I definitely learned the hard way. In, yeah. like, like I have in life in a lot of circumstances. Gotta learn sometimes the hard way. Definitely learn the hard way in, in, in that case. And, and like I said, probably my own stupidity for, for not ensuring that I could go on the field during play, but definitely one of my more embarrassing moments uh, as a reporter. But I chalk it up to just not knowing anybody better, just really green at the moment and, and just, just didn't know where I was allowed and, and where I wasn't at that time. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
We are here live at Imperial Pizza late on a Thursday night. I'm with Alex Brasky, Buffalo Bills beat reporter. All right, so we were talking about kind of knowing what to do and what not to do when you first start covering a team. I'm going to go all the way back to 2003. I don't even remember, to be honest with you, the the newspaper I worked for. It was a community, just a community paper. But at that time, it was really easy. Plus, the bills were terrible. So it was easy to get credentials. It was a different time. So anyway, I'll never forget this. It was I, it was a Raiders game. Drew Bledsoe's first year in Buffalo, by the way. So I believe it was 2002, not 2003. My bad. Um, after the game, reporters are down there, and I somehow stumbled on the Jerry Rice, who played for the Raiders at the time. Mm -hmm. And Nate Clemens was a Bills corner who played really good that game. He kind of semi-shut him down. And I felt like, I don't know what I was thinking at the time. Like, there's supposed to be structures. Like, I was supposed to talk to him, like, you know, at a podium or whatever. Right. And I just went up to him, put my recorder, because they didn't have phones. He had these little yep. tape recorders yep. at the time. And I don't even remember when I asked him, but it was one of the dumbest fucking questions <laughs> in the history of the world. And he just gave me like two word answers. And I could just tell within 20 seconds that I was completely screwing this up. Right. And I was embarrassed as hell. I was, you talk about how you were green when you first started. Yep. I was green and I was not ready to be sitting there trying to have a one on one interview post game minutes after a game. Right. With freaking the greatest wide receiver <laughs> in the NFL. Of right. all time, Jerry Rice. At the same time, I give you credit. You took your shot. Yeah. And well, that's how you learn. It was a brick, though. Yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. Well, I, hey, I did learn from it. This is my second year on the beat. And I, I asked Sean McDermott on Monday about Dane Jackson playing in the game this past Sunday. Dane didn't play in the yeah, game this past right. Sunday. <laughs> I I didn't mean to say Dane Jackson. It was kind of one of those days. But at the same time, I mean, mistakes are made yeah. by everybody. You feel like kind of you're – sort of still a student in the game so right, to speak right. you know what i mean like you're in there always you learning other people work you learn a lot from people we were just if, I had, if, if you're not i think you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not putting yourself out there like i said it was it wasn't my best day that day still tried to do my best work and maybe i made a mistake but hey you pick yourself up you dust yourself off and you move on well i just had eric wood was on the show saturday and he was talking and you know we kind of goofed around a lot but one thing he said that resonated with me yeah what, what an act to follow by the way you bring me on after sel capaccio and eric wood professional athlete king of buffalo and now here comes mr batavia you're I mean, doing just fine buddy. quite the act to follow eric's talked about he, he his favorite thing is to learn from other people he never wants to stop learning from other people and i'm kind of the same way even with podcasting sometimes i'll see somebody somebody's showing i'm like oh i really like that i really like the way they're doing that i like this person's style i like whatever and, and you try to learn from them and i'll tell you this i mean you're at a level at least now where i see people busting your balls which is always a term of endearment right. tim tim graham was busting your balls matt perino my guy matt perino i love matt perino he's busting your balls he, he by the way i wouldn't i told you this would not have them logan berry barbecue wings i he i would definitely i would definitely try those yeah. I'm I'm a big raspberry barbecue guy, so get and I'm and I'm a big Loganberry guy, so so give me a Loganberry wing any day of the week, I'll try it. This Bills offense, I want to switch gears here and, and actually talk Buffalo Bills for a couple minutes. One of the things I've noticed on social media, especially this week, especially on Twitter, is there seems to be a debate right now when it comes to the Bills offense. There's one side that, to be honest with you, I'm kind of on right now. I'm like, this offense is not looking good this last two weeks. I they've struggled. A lot. That's what the naked eye shows you. And it's also what the scoreboard shows you. 
And then you have a lot of people who, you know, and I'll admit this, a lot smarter than me in many cases that are saying, hey, look at the, all these advanced statistics. Look at these uh, measurables. Look at all, all the metrics. All say the Bills have an amazing offense. It's great. Like, where did you, where is the Bills offense right now? Because I see an offense that went almost a full half in London and didn't score. And I see Bills offense that didn't put up a point. To, how could you have a great offense regardless of what the metrics say? It's not showing on the scoreboard. I guess that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, the inconsistencies are certainly concerning. But at the same time, I think that Jacksonville game was disturbing. Punting on your first four possessions and just not really getting any rhythm going the entire game. Whereas conversely, in the Giants game, immediately they started in, in good position. And then that that fumble from from Gabe Davis early, early in the game, I mean, yeah. that, that kind of sets things back. And you had a couple receivers get their feet tangled on a couple critical passes there early in the game. So I think there are certainly plays there to be made, as my good friend Joe Marino from, from the Lockdown Bills and formerly of this podcast uh, oh, said on his podcast this week. I think it really does come down to execution. I, I, I think there may be a deficiency – Talent-wise, on the outside, I think Trent Sherfield and Deontay Hardy might not be quite what we thought they had the potential to be in, in the preseason and, and training camp. Sure. It certainly hasn't come to fruition quite yet. Uh, but I'm not concerned wholly quite yet. I mean, you've seen them put it all together in a few games. They have had the inconsistent moments. The Jets game where Allen turned it over a million times, where they were also in position in that game. If he doesn't turn it over, who knows how many points they come away right. with. Jacksonville game, like I said, really concerning, kind of through and through. But then this last game, put in position and, and then really turned it on in the fourth quarter. So I think this is a big week for them going up against New England, who, as Rex Ryan said, this team stinks. I mean, I mean they, they, stink. they stink. And they're hurt, and it seems like they're trying to play for draft position. So... This is a week where they need to get right. I thought it was going to be last week. Didn't turn out to be the case. This needs to be the week where this offense starts to put it all together and, and like they've been saying all year long, gets more pieces involved, namely Dalton Kincaid, now that he's back from the concussion, mm -hmm. but also finding more consistent production from Deontay Hardy and maybe finding some semblance of production from Trent Sherfield. You say, you know, your, your concern was with London. Um Quite frankly, I was more concerned about the Giants game. I, the, the London game, I'm not going to say I, I did not expect it. I thought the team was going to come out. But due to, due, due to the factors you're saying of, of yes. travel, yes. Yeah, so yeah. That, I'm, I'm not totally surprised. I mean, it was it's a good point. It was, nonetheless, it was still frustrating to watch. Right. But this game against the Giants, it's like, all right, man, you are playing a terrible football yeah. team after playing a bad game in London. And losing, right. this would be the game to a playoff out. team from the year prior. Right. And you're playing a team with all kinds of injuries. I don't know, but when it comes to the offense, like I said, I, maybe it's both. Like the, the execution is definitely not there. That's one thing. Yeah. No matter what the metrics say, or no right. matter how much you're right. just thinking with your heart, it, it's one, not. It's not coming easily. Right. Exactly. It's definitely not coming easily. And you talked about like Deontay Hardy and Trent Sherfield as two examples that maybe they're not what we thought they were. But they have been before. Strange Sherfield was good with Miami last yep. year. He's got – I don't need notes in front of me. I got these memorized. He's got five catches for 39 yards right. this season. Yeah. This season. Khalil yep. Shakir's got four catches for 40 yards yep. this season. Yeah. Uh, Deontay Hardy, he's the one I don't have. No, 
He's done it because he's been somewhat productive. He had a 42-yard catch in London. He had a touchdown catch against the Giants. So there's, it feels like they're starting to get him involved a little bit more. But kind of turning this towards Ken Dorsey, and I know that's the low-hanging fruit. Everyone does that. It's right. easy. But how does your running back, any of your running backs, not get one target in a 60-minute football game? A lot of people don't even realize that. They played the Giants on Sunday. Zero targets were cooked. Zero targets for not, not even a screen. Not even a screen. And they're they stink at screens. I yeah, still throw one just for they've the never been able to implement those. No, but like a, a pass out into the flat, a little wheel route, I, a little I, I wonder if that's I middle. wonder if that's due to their talking about the screens. I wonder if that's due to their skill set on the offensive line. I mean, I can't imagine because they have athleticism up I there. Know. You have Spencer just, Brown, you have Mitch Morris who can get out there and but it feels like your dad would be you know, going to the Super Bowl 25 years ago since the last time the Bills ever had a good screen game. It's been that many years. Right. But just the not even target a running back. Yeah, sh shout out Buddy Brasky, by the way. <laughs> shout out. Okay. But seriously, like, how do you not involve a running back in the passing game at all? James Cook has probably one of his best weapons right. is coming out of the backfield. One of his worst things is pass blocking. He's terrible at it, and that's why Latavius Murray is starting to eat up more of these snaps. I was how surprised he started the game for sure. How much of this is falling on Ken Dorsey right now? And how much of this is just, hey, the plays are there and they're just not executed? I think it's a mix of both. I mean, that's kind of a cop-out answer. I, if you had to ask me what it's more of a case of, I think it's the plays are there to be made. Like I said, against the Giants, if, if you start that game better, you don't know how things are going to go from, from there on out. If they don't get their feet tangled, the receiver and the, and the Giants defensive back on that, I, I believe the first drive, uh, on that third down, and then Gabe Davis doesn't fumble that ball along the sideline because he's got the ball in the wrong hand. It could be an entirely different game, and and that's really what offense is about. I, I, whether you believe in momentum or not, it's about rhythm. And, sure. and if you're able to establish a rhythm early in the game, which it seemed like they, they were going to be able to early, very early in that game, it, it kind of withered away after the, as the first quarter and second quarter went on, but I think it all starts with getting off to that fast start, putting in that game script on that first drive, being successful, and, and starting on the right foot and, and really setting yourself up for success and incorporating more than just Stefan Diggs into the offense. I mean, 11 of 16 targets to, to start the game, that's that's unbelievable. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, it's kind I mean, of a fine line. You want to keep them involved. You don't want to shun them in the passing game or, or neglect your best player. But at times you could be forcing the ball, and it kind of felt like that at least a couple Absolutely. times anyway. Absolutely, and the run the run game was working, and, and and it just didn't make sense why they they wouldn't commit to the run game when that's all they've really talked about is committing sure. to the run game and, and and just forcing the ball to digs. Just just multiple concerns in that game, and hopefully this week with a bad Patriots team, they can they can right the ship as they say. Look, my my father in law and many older Bills fans will say. Talk a lot, me talking about a lot of negative things about a team that is four and two right now. Right. And playing reason, you know, they, the defense has played well one, all one, season. One play away from three and three, though. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. One half yard away. Right. One stupid Giants non mistake away from right. being three and three. Sure. But to me, like the bar's higher now. You know, absolutely. like after the last couple of years, being a team that wins 10, 11 games, losing in the first round or the divisional on the playoffs to me, not acceptable here at this point, but it's also October and all teams go through a lull. Somebody brought up, uh, it was Tyler Dunn. I was reading his article.
talk about the Rams. You know, they won the Super Bowl. They, they didn't win a game for a month. Right. They, they lost every game for a full month, and then they got their shit together. It could still very well happen here in Buffalo. I saw your little emoji eyes on Twitter, by the way. Uh, there's a rumor circulating. No, I, I was Bills, just trying to get the people going. Bills fans, well, listen, Bills fans are every time a big name gets linked now or in a trade, it seems like the Bills are always in the mix, which right. is going to happen when you're a good football team. But the latest is Devontae Adams. Yep. Um, bet online in Vegas has him as the betting favorite right now. Four, Buffalo, four to one, I think. Four to one to go to, uh, to the Bills. So if you're a Bills fan, are, are we falling for this trap again? I, oh, I think everyone's. There's a reason to. I, that I'm not sure of, but everyone's going to fall for the trap again. I mean, a, a, as a Bills fan, that's what you hope for. You you hope for the big names. For years, you didn't get any of them. Then finally, Mario Williams came here. And and since then, I mean, Stefan Diggs, you, you've got you've gotten more. But clearly, Bills fans are, are going to work the pipe dream game as, as long as they can. But I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure if there's any fire where there's smoke here because – Devontae Adams, I mean, that would be somebody big coming in here. And when have you seen the Bills do that midseason? Uh, never. If they were to trade for Devontae Adams, even if it took them a month to get ramped up, you know, and really learn the offense, you're humming by the end of November going into December. Mm -hmm. I don't – a lot of people are talking about Gabe Davis as if he's a trade bait. Who's going to trade for Gabe Davis? He's going to be a free agent after the season. Right. If the Raiders – are going to trade Devontae Adams is probably to shed some money right now. Right. They're looking for draft picks more than he does. Else. From what I gather, he does have a very tradable contract. He does. Yes, so. he does. And, and same thing with DeAndre Hopkins, I think, in, in Tennessee, who people have talked about going to the Bills perhaps before the trade deadline. I, I don't buy that because if the Bills wanted him, they, he would have been above. Right. And, and I think there's definitely two levels of player there. I think the Devontae Adams level is. is Quite higher than where DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins is. And Derrick Henry, rumors are starting to float a little bit, perpetrated somewhat by our good friend Joe Marino. who talked about that he would be a great fit for him. Derrick Henry would be a great fit for this yep. team. You're gonna put, you're gonna have a light box. You're gonna have a light box with with, with Henry running and, the. Football? And you see how much they love the big body Latavius Murray. I love you're, Latavius, but yeah. But if you bring in Derrick Henry, I mean, that's like ramping it up another level. The only reason why I don't want Derrick Henry in Buffalo is because I will positively accidentally call him Travis Henry, former Buffalo Bills running back, probably at least four or five hundred times before I uh, finally get it right. You know, I should have asked you this earlier. I'm, I'm assuming you grew up a Buffalo Bills fan, of course. Absolutely. What was that transition like? Kind of, uh, you know, I've talked about this with Matt Perino before and some of these guys who grew up in this area and were Bills fans. Joe Biscaglia grew up here, but he wasn't a Bills fan. So it was never hard for him. Like yeah. Matt Perino grew up a Bills fan. Ryan Talbot was grew up Joe a, Bills a fan, fan of a different team. Yes, uh, I can't remember who it is, but it's definitely I'll not the Bills. Ask him. It definitely wasn't the Bills. So it wasn't the Jets. It wasn't the Jets. Well, I don't even think it was. I I want to say it might have been the 49ers. I could be wrong. That was the first game I ever went to. Bills 49ers. Steve Young at quarterback. At the Ralph, I had a Polaroid camera that had a zoom on it. Or not not Polaroid. I think Kodak, something, it had a zoom. I was like in the in the 200 level, zooming in, and I have this photo album. Yeah, my, my fandom goes back a long way. Is it difficult? Very Honestly, difficult, difficult to, not to now. put that aside. It, not now, but the first couple of years for sure. Like you're sitting in that press box or whatever, and you're like, you start to be like, oh, shit, I can't do this, man. I can't. I, I feel like you still have, for me anyway, I still have some some sense of that. 
I don't feel and like I that, don't have no problem with that. I don't feel way. like Most that that don't. will ever go away. But in terms of the coverage or, or the questions I'm asking or, or the criticism or, or the, the kudos I'm delivering, I don't think that's clouded by that any anymore. Uh, uh, being 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 close enough to it for, for a number right. of years. But at first it, it was certainly tough to change kind of my, my energy toward the team. Uh, obviously it was it was rooting. And, and then it became analytical and, and critiquing and kind of looking for why is this happening instead of just reacting emotionally. I think a lot of the media, I don't, I don't agree with some of it. Let's just put it that way. You can be, to an extent, still be a fan of the team and still, uh-oh, there goes food. We're live here. Very mazel tov. Mazel, mazel. Here, a bunch of dishes falling around. But anyway, you could still be somewhat a fan of the team and still be objective and be objectively critical towards the team. But in your heart of hearts, I don't buy that most of the people who cover this team don't care if the Bills win or lose. They only care about the story. I've always thought, quite frankly, and they all know how much I respect them. I think that's bullshit, quite frankly, because straight up, your newspaper, my podcast, shout, uh, lockdown Bills, we can keep going on and on and on down the road, whether they're mainstream media podcasts, it's always game day in Buffalo with sale, man. I don't care who it is. People want more content when they're winning or if they're horrible, right? Then one or the other, right? You know what I mean? You want people are in a better mood when the team's winning. People are more inclined to want to get as much as they can handle of Bill's content when they're winning. And for you guys and girls that are in the locker room, don't tell me that a player is not going to be more inclined to be in a better mood and more talkative and engaging with you when the team's having success, as opposed to a team, you know, that's losing three out of every four games when they're just like, I don't want to fucking be, I don't want to, I don't, what do you want? What's your question? So I, I don't buy that. I think to some level, some level, maybe not outwardly, but to some level, the media wants the Bills to win, as they should. I would. That's my opinion. My take. I I wouldn't say you're you're far off base, but I, I would say that a a healthy mix of both, from the media's perspective, is, is certainly more advantageous to garnering those views or, or garnering that interest mm -hmm. in the team. Because if you have a team that's one way or the other, if you have a team that's not worth paying attention to, or a team throughout the regular season that after six games you realize it's just all we have to worry about is the playoffs. Right. It can kind of get stale. Sure. For, for for a fan when when you're just kind of looking forward to the regular season ending, but. But certainly, I, I think there is a level of you, you don't want to cover a losing team. Uh, no one wants to be surrounded by misery, and and that's what it is. When 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 the Bills lose, especially in in the fashion that they did in Jacksonville, coming back from London, that week wasn't fun as right. as a reporter. So so may, maybe there is some some credence to what you're saying, and, and certainly I would say there is absolutely some credence to what you're saying. But at the same time, I think there is a healthy mix of both. And as a reporter, you do have to do your best to Absolutely. separate yourself from that. I, Absolutely. I think there is some subconscious nature that comes into it. But at the same time, you do have to consciously do whatever you can to remain as objective as possible. You have to remove the emotion right. from being a fan of a team 100 percent right. because that emotion will cloud and, and I will, how you cover the and team. And I will say the Giants game tested me emotionally more than... I would say any game in the last couple right. of years. It was just a, a, very tough to watch. It, the Bills hadn't been shut out Rush in the first rate, half yeah. in, in 30 games, so yeah. I hadn't seen that in in the form that I'm covering the team. So 
it, it was just, it was tough. It, I, I relate it to, I cover a lot of high school football and, and I do play by play. We do our live streams on shameless plug, the daily news online.com's mm-hmm. YouTube channel. And we have two coming up this weekend if, if, if you want to tune in, but high school football can turn into a blowout quite often nowadays. Sure. Uh, it, it gets very ugly, very quick. And when you get into a game like that, it just becomes just when is it going to end? And that's how this bills game felt. It wasn't a blowout by any means. But it really just felt like let's just I'm I'm tired of, of watching this. I get what you're saying because at the same time it's, I, it's I, the human element of covering a football team. Right. I I don't want to sound like like I'm up there like not understanding that I'm very fortunate to be covering the professional team that I grew up rooting for. Of but course. at the same time, when you break it down and you compare it to other games you've covered, that was a game that you were you were kind of looking forward to it. Coming being, to being over. Yeah. Now that you covered the NFL full time and you're at practices and you're at games, you still do high school stuff. How do you feel about doing high school stuff now? Does it feel different to you now than it did maybe three, four years ago? It's still you still get that same feeling. No doubt it's changed a little bit in terms of in terms of that feeling. There are games that you get that feeling back, big games, whereas I used to just get ramped up going up going to any game. I, I used to play it up in my mind, even if I, on paper, it looked like these two teams were mm-hmm. far apart. And I was going to this game, and I was going to cover it, and I knew maybe it could turn. I was playing it up in my mind. This is this is the Super Bowl. It's not quite the same in that respect, but by no means have I taken a step back in my love for for, for that level of uh, of competition. Like you said earlier, just just seeing the kids out there at an innocent level, not really. I, I don't want to say not knowing any better, but not knowing any better in terms of the interaction with, with you on the sideline or, or from that perspective and telling their story and, and getting that story out there and the interaction with the community. I still get ramped up for it. And the live streams that we've done for the Daily News over the past three years have really, really increased that level of, of excitement because it's opened up a whole new door for me doing play-by-play, which is another thing that I love to do. So, so that's very enjoyable as well. When you're part of the media, how important is it now to be able to be multifaceted? Like back in the day, somebody my age, when they were coming up, you just had to be a good writer. That ain't good enough anymore in today's world. You need to be able to put your face in front of a camera. You need to be able to grab a microphone and be on a podcast and do radio hits and stuff like that. Like your job has become much more multifaceted than ever. Absolutely. I, I would say, especially from a small city papers perspective, mm-hmm. I have to be able to do everything. Uh, I have to be able to take photos. I have to be able to take video. I have to be able now to do play by play and work the camera during a, a live broadcast, be able to write. And someone who also helped me with Batavia's Best back in the day, my, my good friend, Mike Rose, who is still a student at SUNY Brockport, does a lot of work throughout the greater Rochester area. Mm-hmm. It's funny you mentioned this. I, I told him that. I said, the more that you can provide, the, the better chance you're going to have to be hired, especially at the initial point of your career, uh, at, at, a, at a smaller publication, a, a, a lower level. At the Buffalo News, they're fully staffed. Right. When, when you're a journalist, you're a journalist. You're, you're not going to be at practice taking photos because you have a photographer that does that. Sure. And, and and there's a lot that goes into that as well. You don't want to step on his toes and, 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 and everything like that. But at a paper like mine, it's it's 
all hands on deck. We, right. we, we do whatever we can to, to put the best product out as possible. And being able to do as much as you can gives you the best advantage to, to be put in a position to be able to do all those things. That's definitely a different media world today. And that's not a negative either. I mean, that, that, that's a positive, I think, anyway. And going back to- you know, I, it, I'd say in many facets of life, the world today is much, much different than it was sure. 10, 20 years ago. Sure. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I shouldn't say this because I have a freaking podcast. I kind of wish I could go back 30 years, get rid of cell phones, get rid of these stupid podcasts. I'm going to go old school, even if that's going to make me, you know, it's going to look bad for me. I don't give a shit. I think you might get bored after a while. I think, I think it might be fun for a week and it might like help you reset. But after that week, I think you might get a little bit bored. Fun fact. When I uh, started this podcast back in February of 2018, the reason why I did it is I moved to Florida in 2016. I was blogging. I was, um, Mix 96.1, I was writing for the, the radio station website at the time, covering mainly high school sports. And I went to Florida, and I got bored. Right. I got bored. I missed talking yeah. to people and doing right. shit and being involved with that was my way to connect with Buffalo sports. And one of the last thing about high school, too, like even here in Buffalo, yeah, sure, the talent level, like I, I was down in Florida. I watched mm -hmm. just in another world right. of left of talent. Right. But especially, I, especially in the football realm, I would say. Oh, sure, absolutely. But that aside, what I always loved about high school sports here in Buffalo, and I'm sure it's the same in Batavia too, is the passion and how much it means to some of the schools, like the rivalries. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know what like the rivals are in Batavia, but like here up in Buffalo, like when we're we're near West Seneca here, when West Seneca West plays West Seneca East, right. that shit means everything to right. the student body. You know what I mean? Yep. So that part of high school sports, I miss the most. Um, we're going to wrap up here in a period. Before that, though, by the way, I forgot to tell you this, man. Lunch special here. There is not a better lunch special. And I know I sound like a commercial. Maparino is really perfect. Oh, why wouldn't you? The way, they, the way they treat you here. Commercials Pat here. Moran, the king of Imperial. <laughs> anyway, check this shit the, out. The man. Imperial Empire. Emperor. 11 me. to 4 p.m., seven days a week. They got a special. You can get five wings and a half sub, or five wings and a slice, or five wings and a beef on wet sandwich. Ridiculous for under $13. Oh, and a beer. All that shit for under 13 bucks. Legit, even if I wasn't doing a show here, that is the best lunch special. I, I think anywhere I got, I think I got my lunch next Thursday after practice. <laughs> Seriously, man. A beer, a beef on wet sandwich, and five wings for like 13 bucks. Absolutely ridiculous. Speaking my language. <laughs> All right. So at the beginning of the show, I talked about how it's been forever since I've had a first-time guest on here. You wouldn't know this. Only old school fans of this podcast would even know us because it's been so long but what i used to do and i'm bringing it back right now at the end of an episode with a first time guest i would do a mini lightning round mm -hmm. and i'm gonna and you know i have not showed you any of this shit. no so these are um, making you think on your toes our, our prep just, our prep was wings all preps was wings and, and a hay burner and a half right. but any, anyway what i'm going to do is ask you just some random life questions not a lot of deep thought required like right. whatever okay. is your first answer that's what you're going to reply with and again it'll be on my toes here it's been a long time quite frankly since i've been able to answer so i'm kind of excited find out a little bit more here fans about alex brasky i gotta even look at my notes it's been a while ready favorite all-time athlete alex rodriguez really strike one I'm <laughs> just joking. I'm a huge Yankees fan. Did not like Alex. I'm sure that's a polarizing <laughs> answer. <laughs> All right. What's your favorite non-sports hobby? I enjoy sitting and, and watching a good movie. Okay. Or or TV show. True crime. 
True crime? True crime. True crime documentary. We'll, we'll whittle it down. Okay. Most rewatchable movie. You like to sit down and like to watch a movie. What's, what movie have you probably seen more than any other movie? Old school. Good answer. All right, you're right back in my good graces. <laughs> All right, so you're sitting at home. You're watching old school. It's late at night. Like, what, What's your go-to late-night snack at home? French fries. French fries? Yeah. Okay. Throw, throw them in the oven, crinkle cut, put some salt and pepper on them, and you, you can take it or leave it. A little mayo ketchup in separate, dip it in the mayo, dip it in the ketchup. You lost me in the last five seconds. I, I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. It's, it's not very uh, common with most people. Uh, all right. Well, the next question you might have just answered. I was going to ask you what's your worst habit. That might be your worst habit, though. No, seriously, like what's your worst habit? My call, your, call yourself out for something. My worst habit is letting my emotions get the best of me. Very fair. Very much the same, too. My Twitter on uh, Sunday night during the game, insufferable. I, absolutely insufferable. I, I can imagine I turned some people off during the Giants game. <laughs> Usually I, I, I try to remain unemotional, but like I said, that, that tested, I think, everybody's mental capacity. If you, uh, or what, what is the favorite city that you've ever visited? Like, what's your favorite city? Can I give you my most underrated city? Sure. Detroit. Really? I've been to Detroit once. I, I liked it. I really like Detroit. I, what I've did you been like there. About it? It's so clean. Yeah. And, and there's there's a lot of different pockets in Detroit that are enjoyable that you can get a different experience from. Okay. Everywhere. But my favorite city is New York City. Okay. It, I, I that was too easy and too common of an answer. So I wanted to go a little little off path there. All Detroit right. underrated. Three more questions here to wrap up. Number one. Let's just say that, you know, it didn't work out at school and, and then you, you started a blog and you just gave it your best and it just didn't work out. It wasn't meant to be for whatever reason. What do you think you'd be doing with your career, your life right now? I think I'd be managing a restaurant. Managing a restaurant. It's good. I used to manage a pizzeria when I was like 19, 20 years old. Oh, really? That was before. That was during college, before the sports thing, education thing. So I think I might be managing a restaurant. Or maybe working in a restaurant. Who knows? Okay. That's a good answer. All right. Second last one. Uh, all right. So we're doing a podcast here live at Imperial. Let's just say that they have karaoke going on. And when this is over, now I have no idea if you can sing or not. I am fucking the worst singer in the world. So, but in this imaginary world, I know I'm a good singer and you're definitely a good singer. And you got a crowd going on here. What are you going to get up there? What are you going to sing that's going to kind of get the crowd going? Frank Sinatra. My way. Really? Yeah. I can't belt it out like Frank. You need to have a conversation with your boy, Sal Capaccio. Why? Because Sal, first of all, Sal's a good singer, and he's a crooner, and he loves Sinatra. I, me and him might have to pull a duet some night. Yeah, I'm telling you, Sal's a good singer, too, man. I, I wouldn't put myself in the good category, but but I could belt out a tune, a tune here, though. <laughs> All right, last one, and this isn't going to be so easy. You're probably going to have to think on this for a second. I probably, in hindsight, should have told you this, but I always used to ask this question. You could have dinner tonight here at Imperial with any three people, celebrities, no family allowed, because mm -hmm. we all would come up with some family, I'm sure. But you could have dinner with any three people, living or dead, from any era, celebrity, pop culture, sports, historical figure, whatever it may be. Who are you going to sit down and have some pizza and wings with that Imperial? Three people. I have the first two. You'll probably think on this on your drive home tonight. Too, like, I should have said that. 
well, trust me, I don't think this is a this is a great answer, but these are the first two people that came to mind. Richard Nixon. Okay, interesting. Not criticizing, interesting. Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds, same. Why Barry Bonds? What what, what about him is fascinating? He's my I second guess. favorite athlete of all time. Is he really? I'm, that's not a criticism. I'm not an A-Rod guy. I'm a Yankees guy. I grew up during the steroid era. Yeah, yeah. And I, I have an affection for guys during that era, especially as a Yankee fan. I liked A-Rod. I was a kid. He had my name. But Barry Bonds, I think, is the greatest baseball player of all time, and that's my sport. So and he won like three MVPs before he even right. bulked up with the Pirates, right? Didn't he win like three MVPs? Right. He was a 40-40 guy yeah. before the steroids. All right. That's right. a good answer. By the way, so is Richard Nixon. I never heard that one before. And Usually it's Oprah. Everyone says Oprah. Or, I'm, very, I'm very intrigued by Richard Nixon, historically. I, I respect that about you. Number three. Hmm. Marv Levy, I think. Yeah? Yeah. Just because I wasn't old old enough to really appreciate those Super Bowl years, so to be to be able to bend his ear and kind of gain some perspective on those years from somebody who was as close as you could be, I, I think that'd be valuable. I'll tell you what. Don't I, I, I also think that's kind of a cop out Buffalo answer. No, no. I actually there'd be a lot of meat on that bone to be able to right. if they go off. And for being as old as he is, he probably could still sit down and hold court with you. And have a decent conversation. All right, so Richard Nixon, Barry Bonds, Marvel Levy. I can't remember any of those ever being previous answers with my guests. You, so you, you put me on the spot. I respect that. And, and I'm very intrigued by Nixon for various reasons. Bonds, I think, is the greatest baseball player in my favorite sport. And then Levy, I, I really wasn't sure on the third, so I'll go Levy. I, li I like Marv. Real quick, to get out of here, too, in terms of A-Rod. Probably my biggest temper tantrum ever, maybe in the history of sports, had to do with A-Rod. I don't remember the game or the play, but I know he choked in a really big situation. And I'll never forget this. Excuse my French. Yelling at my TV, you fucking purple lip cocksucker. <laughs> Screaming at him went absolutely nuts. He did have one season. To oh. his credit, he carried the Yankees to a World Series. I was going to say, what, what year was that? 2008. No, 2009. 2009, 2009 yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. so he got a lot of crap for his failures. He did. If it weren't for him, they don't win nah. their last championship in they haven't won it since. 20 yeah. years. Yeah, that so. is true. That is true. And I, I was also that guy when I was a kid. Everybody, like if everyone hated somebody, You're, I liked them. <laughs> so that's why A-Rod was my favorite Yankee during that. Doesn't era. surprise me. All right, that's going to do it for this show here live one more time. Thank you very much, Imperial Pizzas. Always great food. We only have wings. You're actually going to get some pizza. We're going to try some pizza right after we're done. Uh, Matt Perino told show. me don't sleep on the pizza. So I yeah, definitely have to get some on the way that's, Matt could be a smart guy once in a while. Yeah. Anyway, for I, Alex. I, I don't Preston, know if we'll give him that much credit. No, it just, is kind of a lot of credit. Just, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Follow Alex on Twitter at Alex Brasky. Check out his support from Batavia. All the links are in his Twitter. One more time, I'm Patrick Moran. Thank you very much, and we'll be back with new shows next week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.